Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. so much for tuning in to today's show. Hope you're having a great day or evening, wherever you're listening to this. 
Today we have a little bit of a different show for you where I welcome Dan Shapiro. And Dan and I talk about his memoir, The Thin Ledge. And just to give you a little background on what this is about, in his book, he shares the reality of living through his wife's mental and physical decline caused by a devastating illness. And Dan goes into that illness a little bit. So Dan was a successful attorney in his early 40s when his wife, Susan, suffered a brain bleed in a diagnosis that her future was uncertain. And of course, they were stunned by this. They had three young children and the couple made the most of the few years that followed before a massive second hemorrhage changed everything. And physically, Susan was badly compromised in her ability to speak, see, and walk. And mentally, she spiraled into depression and experienced a drastic personality change. And in his book, Dan talks about coping and often unsuccessfully, as he is the first to admit, with the wreckage left in the wake of an illness that destroys a loved one. And Dan addresses the questions that people living through tragedies like this may never mention, but always ask, you know, things like, should I leave this marriage? You know, the moral issues of having this person who you love and care about and have three kids with, but basically become someone new and and eventually incapacitated. And it's certainly a situation that I wouldn't wish on anyone. But the reality is, is life throws us curveballs and we have very difficult situations that arise. And I had Dan on because I think there's a lot of value in understanding that you are not alone if you're listening to this and you are going through a, a really rough time. Maybe you're a caregiver for your partner or even if it's a parent and not your partner, it creates a lot of stress uh, individually and in a relationship, obviously. And Dan shares his story. And I think a big thing is to be kind to yourself and to not be hard on yourself. Dan took care of his wife for 15 years while raising three kids and being a partner at a law firm. So it's certainly situations out there like that that are extremely difficult. And I think there's a lot of value in hearing someone talk about it and knowing that you are not alone. So as always, thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you enjoy today's show. Hi, Dan. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Dan, I, I have not read your book, but I read an excerpt and the general idea, and I thought it is a super powerful story to be able to share with our listeners. So I thought we could start by having you tell us what motivated you to write the book and what it's about. Sure. Um, well, let me give you a bit of the background factually, sort of what the story was, and that, that will tell you what it's about. I think, and and um, the why is, uh, you know, it, that that's a, a complicated question and a little bit of a complicated answer. But I, I'll I'll try to I'll try to uh, present it in a way that is useful. So, when um, my uh, then um, girlfriend, eventually my wife, um, she is now deceased, 
Um, when we met, we were 19 years old. We were on uh, campus uh, in college and uh, we dated all through college. And then I went to law school. Uh, we dated then and got married before my third year of law school. Um, proceeded on to have a family. We had three children. Uh, I was working on my career. Uh, my wife, Susan, was going to grad school at night. We were building a life, building a family. Um, and then at 40, um, uh, Susan was diagnosed with a minor brain hemorrhage that revealed a something called a cavernous angioma in her brain, which is a malformation of veins that shouldn't be there. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes uh, those veins will bleed. And if a cavernous angioma occurs elsewhere in your body, it's not really a very big deal. They happen all the time. But if it occurs in your brain, particularly the very middle of um, your brain, which is where Susan had this happen, there isn't much they can do about it. It's not in a place that can be surgically reached. And, and so she had this minor brain hemorrhage. And then two years later, unfortunately, she had uh, quite a severe brain hemorrhage that left her um, severely impaired in all sorts of ways. Um, it, it affected uh, virtually all the functions uh, of the brain, including personality, what neurologists refer to as executive function, as well as her, her sight, um, her ability to speak, uh, her ability to get around. So she went from being um, who she was to me for the 20 plus years that we had been together at that point um, to someone who um, was really struggling and, and was vastly uh, changed. I wrote the book to get to your, your second um, the second part of your question, I wrote the book because I didn't find very much as I was going through the experience of being uh, Susan's caretaker and raising our children and running my career. And by the way, that went on for the next 15 years uh, for me. And then after about 15 years, Susan and I separated. Uh, and a few years later, uh, Susan passed away. Um, as I was going through all of that, I didn't find very much to read or to listen to or to speak to even by way of finding a person who had had a similar experience. It, it's, you know, unusual, it's brutal, it's very difficult. And I thought um, I wanted to write it down partly because uh, as a lawyer, I've always been a writer, but a different kind of writer. So writing comes sort of naturally to me as a way of of expressing myself and my thoughts. Um, and it also, I thought, would make a record that other people could look to to try to understand the dimensions of this kind of human experience. And the way I wrote it was really to be brutally honest. I mean, it's a very tough um, uh, accounting of what happened. And I'm sort of unsparing in recounting the, the detail of it, my own um, experiences, some of it um, not very 
it doesn't reflect very well on me necessarily. This is not me as um, uh, anything other than what I think is an honest accounting of the way I, as a human being, uh, experienced and responded to everything that was going on. Well, let's talk a little bit about the details of how you navigated that together with Susan. And you used the word brutal a couple times. And obviously, when when you're with someone building a life together and something traumatic like this happens, it's certainly a unique situation and what happened with you guys, but not unique to the human experience. So I think there's a lot of value in dissecting this. And maybe we could start with just how your life changed personally, and then how you were able to to navigate that in the relationship with this traumatic change and, and then eventually, you know, becoming her caregiver. So what was the first big realization? And maybe there was a big talk between you two, and maybe you can run us through that and how you dealt with it. Well, I, I think the first, as you're asking the questions, memories are popping up. I mean, not just what I wrote, but just in my own mind, um, I'm, I'm recalling. I think the first experience that comes to mind is um, being in the hospital when um, uh, Susan was, you know, I, I, I rushed her there when she was having the second hemorrhage. Uh, we're in Chicago, which is where we've lived, uh, where I'm from, where Susan is from. Um, and I took her to Northwestern Hospital where her neurosurgeon was based. Um, and I remember, I, I don't, I'm not a big crier. I'm not particularly an emotive person. I think, you know, to some extent, I, I'm sort of a, a little bit of a cliche of the way boys were taught to deal with their emotions, which is sort of not um and uh but i remember as she was being diagnosed and um she was in a cat scan and they let me stand in the room with her or maybe it was an mri i don't remember um and i was just um crying i mean i was i just i just was devastated by what had happened i don't think i understood um, what had happened. Nobody, none of us did because, you know, it had to play out over a long period of time. But I certainly knew that she was in big trouble and that um, uh, that was devastating. I mean, that was a, that was a shocking, devastating thing. And I, and I think no matter how it turned out afterwards, that first experience was itself um, I probably experienced more broadly because I think that's relatively more common. Um, but when you ask, you know, how did you experience this? That's the first thing that comes to mind. I don't think I, I don't think one ever gets over that kind of shock. And then over time, um, she was in the hospital and in intensive care for, uh, uh, five months. And, you know, we were learning about what, uh, the impact was, on her, on her brain, on her health, what was going to happen next. All those were difficult realities to absorb. And then over years, um, learning about what, what Susan was able to do, what she wasn't able to do, um, the, the change in personality 
that comes when something happens in your brain sometimes, uh, the kind of frontal lobe injury uh, that that people can sometimes suffer is fundamentally shocking in itself because you're you're sitting after the fact, you're sitting looking at the human being that you knew before, but that human being in a very fundamental way is is altered. Uh, it's not the same person. The, the stuff that makes us who we are, you know, the spirit and uh, the sort of the internal parts of our soul and our personality, it's all in your brain. And, and when your brain is damaged, um, this, you can lose some of that and have some of it be altered. And that certainly happened to Susan. So all of that was the experience. Um, and it was, even as I reflect on it now, years later, um, it's, it's upsetting. I mean, it was upsetting then, it's upsetting now. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney show. His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to The Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earnin actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Many couples end up fighting about finances, especially when surprise costs arise. Earnin allows you to seamlessly deal with that unexpected trip to the vet or the last minute gift for loved ones without any stress, letting you and your partner focus on what really matters. Earnin is helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient and to worry and fight less about money. All of this without debt trap, mandatory fees, or credit checks. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download Earnin app, type in relationship advice under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. That's relationship advice under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. How did you make space for yourself and your mental health 
during this time. I know in the book you talk about how important it is, especially when experiencing this kind of thing. And, and obviously you're saying you're devastated and through the context of a relationship, how did you think about, you know, things like your marriage vows and obviously, you know, she's deteriorating, becoming this new person. Can you share a little bit about that? Sure. I, I, you know, I, I think part of the reason that the book maybe has value to people is I don't, think I did all of that particularly well. And I, I think I eventually got to a place um, that is is good. But the process, and, and you use the word navigating, navigating is a perfect word. Navigating all of that was really, you're not taught how to do it. And so, you know, I made a lot of mistakes and I got some things wrong and I got, I got a lot of things right. Uh, but but for sure, not everything. And um, sort of learning all of that, learning how to understand what my limits were, um, which is not something, it sounds like sort of an easy thing to know, but I, I found it to be a really elusive idea, you know, to, to know when you were out of gas, you had no more energy, to know when your your own performance as a you know, as a partner in a law firm, my I had to perform at a pretty high level, and to know when I was not able to do that, and it was not something that I knew intuitively. I think mental health is a tricky thing, and and um, mine for sure suffered. Um, I think figuring out what your wedding vows mean uh, also incredibly tricky. Just sort of freighted with moral judgments that uh, one makes about, you know, your own behavior is something that um, is, is tricky and difficult. I don't think there is a, a, a prescription for that. I don't think there is a way to just solve for that. I think you have to live and sort of do the very best you can, try to be a reflective and kind person and what I found is when, when you have these extraordinary circumstances over a period of the 15 years um, that uh, uh, post hemorrhage that we were together, I had lots of ups and downs. And I went way outside of the boundaries of what I ever would have thought was proper behavior in a marriage, um, the marriage that I wanted to have. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I, I try to be really honest about that in the book so that people who have some kind of experience like this understand that there is a humanity to this that I, I think, you know, one has to take into account. People aren't, I am not perfect. I'm not even close to it. Sometimes I'm not even good. And, and, you know, accounting for that, allowing for it really important, I think. And and knowing that other people have had the experience, also really important. Certainly having compassion for yourself when going through difficult times is really important. And do you mind sharing some of the specific things you said? You got some things right, you got some things wrong. Can you give us some specifics? Sure. Um, I, I think that 
Um, I have, you know, it's it's super personal uh, kinds of things, but um, that, that's that's why I wrote the book, and that's why I'm here talking to you. Um, I think that there was a sense of uh, frustration sometimes, uh, anger, misdirected uh, at Susan, sometimes at myself. If I had it to do over again, which I would not want to do, but if I were to be able to reach back and fine tune um, my own behavior now, um, I would certainly try to be more patient uh, try to be, you know, I mentioned the word anger a moment ago, try to be less angry, um, try to channel emotions in a way that um, would be more constructive. I, I, I think all those things, I, I, I'm not sure I did any of that all that, um, all that well, um, or all that poorly. I mean, I think I did okay, but, uh, but not always. Um, the one place that I think was really a saving grace for me was my kids. I mean, my children were small. Um, if somebody had told me that I was going to have principal responsibility for raising them from that young age, I think that would not have been what I anticipated in my life. But I, I, I must say it's sort of the best part um, of everything. I mean, my kids sort of saved me un, unwittingly. They were tiny little kids, but but they did. And um, I think that counts too. And knowing that sort of uh, is part of the reporting on all of this that I, that I try to do for the reader. What would you tell someone who's, who's struggling, they're experiencing anger? I know you said, yeah, you, you feel like maybe sometimes you did it good, sometimes not so good, but someone that's listening and, and maybe they're a caregiver, maybe they're in a a difficult situation trying to support their partner, ways in which that resentment's maybe building up, they're getting angry to channel that, have more patience and a better perspective on things. Yeah. Well, I think, I think what I would say without giving advice to anybody, because, you know, I'm, that's not, that's not my thing. And that's not what I'm qualified to do. I can just tell you what, what I did and, and, you know, what what I would say is, if you're able to step away emotionally, you know, psychologically, if you're able to step away from the moment and give yourself a break, give yourself a break in terms of the judgments that you're making, the the you know whether uh, how you're assessing your own sort of performance, for lack of a better word, um, give yourself a break about all of it. It's I, I think it's way too hard to get right all the time, even when you're really trying. And I think that um, over the course of years, you can't be trying all the time. I, I think you get exhausted sometimes. And sometimes, you know, you don't have the oomph for it. And, and you know, it's complicated. And let it be complicated. Don't fight it all the time. Just understand that it's challenging and it's going to get the better of you from time to time. And let it go. Let that happen. And then circle back and, and, you know, pull yourself together and then be there for the rest of it. But to, I guess what I would say is suspend your one's um, it, it tendency to judge. In, in this case, judge yourself 
and suspend that, you know, stop that. Don't do that. It's not always helpful. You mentioned raising your young kids kind of on your own. How did you navigate that? I have to say that was so easy. I, I, I really have to say I totally enjoyed that. I, I think um, it's a place to direct, uh, you know, they're, these little kids are innocent and all they just need to be loved. And frankly, um, if there were a lot of times when I needed that too. I, I needed to feel that from them and I needed to direct that to them. Um, the, the place that I had with my spouse had been disrupted emotionally. And so where, you know, your, your kids are a place for, uh, to give warmth and, and to get warmth. And that, that's turned out to be really a wonderful thing. You had 15 years of, of basically being your wife's caregiver. And, and that alone is just a huge task. And, and like you said, having a career, having raising kids, and it's like you call it the long goodbye and then moving on from that and, and growing from that. How were you able to do that? Um, just to, to put in that amount of time. Is, is that what you're is that what you're asking? Yeah. Just looking back on it and then for that perspective of, you know, the things you did, quote unquote, right. And the things you, you wish you could have done better or just moving on too, and, and taking that experience and growing from it. Obviously it's, it's very difficult. So maybe how you were feeling during the long goodbye and then the sense of sadness when, when your wife passes away and, and moving on from that. Yeah. Um, well, it's not the life experience that I had prepared for, for sure. Um, I think that there is there is a very deep sadness that one experiences that I experienced over the course of that 15 years, many, many times, a sort of despair. And I think what happens is that I, I sort of realized um, that I couldn't stay there that it was just too unhappy, that it was too miserable. And, you know, that, that staying there was, uh, what, what was the point of that? I just couldn't. And so climbing out of that hole, uh, you know, there are a lot of ways to, to give a try at that. I, I tried, um, professional help. I tried antidepressants. I, I never found that those particularly worked. Uh, for me, but I, you know, I'm sure they do work for other people. I I found that just putting one foot in front of the other uh, and being very deliberate about that, and just going out and and getting through the next day um, has its own sort of restorative power. Um, but uh, to be honest with you, I I think during those 15 years it was a lot of just surviving. It was, there, there wasn't, there wasn't all that much celebration of anything. It was mostly just getting through it. Um, and then realizing, and I do spend some time in the book explaining this and it's hard to do just, you know, uh, this way in conversation, but I got to the point where um, I found 
religion to be helpful in a sort of a weird way. I'm not a religious person, um, but I did look to religion to sort of help me think about how one manages life and your and your own in in a, a situation that's really adverse. And I I found um, that religion does my religion. I'm sure all of them. Um, does speak to that. And I found that very helpful because um, it's an institutional perspective on on these difficult questions. And I found that to be more trustworthy and reliable than what I could get from friends or family um, who might give me advice or say something to me about um, what to do next in my life that um, for a variety of reasons wasn't as reliable. Um, I found an institutional perspective on the morality of how to manage my life very useful. And I found that in um, my religion. Uh, and that helped me sort of choose next steps. Can you share some maybe specific examples or, or I'm not asking you to quote verbatim any passages, but anything that really resonated with you, an idea or a perspective that that gave you a lot of hope and feeling of power in those situations? Yeah. Um, so uh, it, keep in mind that I'm not talking about, um, you know, having a, a rough period of a marriage. I mean, we were together for 21 years before any of this happened. So we certainly had times where like every married couple, I'm sure, you know, things were better sometimes and worse other times. I'm not talking about um, that. I, 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 it's just, you know, the same tools may or may not be useful in those circumstances, but that's not what I'm speaking about. What I'm speaking about is if, if you, I, I felt like I had essentially lost uh, the person that was my partner and that many years were going by and I was feeling like my life was getting to a point where I really wasn't able to manage very well anymore. Um, I wasn't getting any joy out of anything. It was not clear to me um, uh, how I was going to sort of get through or, or, you know, find the next place to smile. And so life became a big question mark, not whether to live, but just whether, how was I going to enjoy anything? And I spoke to, uh, I'm Jewish, and I spoke to a rabbi uh, who I have a lot of regard for. And in the Jewish religion, um, the, the sort of central idea is you always choose for life. And I found that to be very helpful because I, I think what what we discussed, the, this rabbi and I discussed was, well, what do you do um, to choose for life if your life is starting to be sacrificed um, to this whole circumstance? And the answer is do what you need to do in order to find happiness. And that, um, you know, that, that was very helpful to me. It, it allowed me to step outside of um, my, um, you know, the relationship that I had with the person who was everything else being equal, still my wife, uh, and recover some of the, uh, 
the life and vibrancy that uh, I needed in order to uh, not really be sacrificed to this illness. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving Relationship Advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero dot co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was hero bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any hero bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H E R O dot C O. When you work full-time, have kids, and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy... No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code I do when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. 
It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. And so you found a lot of comfort in that. And it seems like to anyone really struggling in a, in a difficult situation, I think a big thing and, and why I wanted to have you on is to understand that you're not alone and that this isn't a completely unique human experience. And you mentioned it earlier to not be so hard on yourself and so judgmental. And then what you're saying what resonated with you kind of is to, at a certain point, maybe to choose yourself. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems like, yeah, it's like you want to be there for your partner, but there's a certain, and every circumstance is different. Obviously, there's times where someone gets sick and, and it's six months in, you're, and you're like, ciao, <laughs> that might not be the perspective we want to take. But 15 years and being a caregiver and just having compassion towards yourself during that time. And then at a certain point, you know, having those hard discussions with your partner, if they're able to, but with yourself and, and saying, you know, I have to, to choose my life in this moment. I don't think you're putting words into my mouth at all. I think you have it exactly right. I, I mean, I, I think what you just said is is a is a very good summary of the tension that um, that this kind of circumstance creates. And I, you know, I think, look, I if if somebody ha and I, I, I again, I'm not in the advice giving business. I'm I'm just telling my story for what it's for what value it may have. But if if somebody is married to someone with a substance abuse problem, for example, and that is destroying the person with the substance abuse problem, that may be an illness. I mean, I, I assume it is an illness. Fortunately, I didn't have that experience. But um, if that happens, I don't think anybody really has a big question um, as to whether the, the, the healthy spouse ought to um, go down with the ship, you know, be drawn into the illness or whether the healthy spouse ought to make choices to preserve and enjoy his or her own life. I think, you know, that's sort of well-settled morality at this point in our society. I'm not sure this is any different than that. It's, you know, the, the, the facts are a little bit different, but it, it's, you know, if, if you, if you lose your your partner and your spouse effectively, even if they're still there, um, but they're they're not through nobody's fault. Um, they're not um, your partner for your life, and you can't get the things that you need. What do you do about that? And at some point, 
Um, I, I, I made the judgment, um, you know, after a long time. And, and I mean, the, the, honestly, the, the issue that I have in my life is was 15 years too long because right? I can't get any of those years back. Um, it, 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 I don't know. It just is, it, it is what it, what it turned out to be. I can't, I don't regret any of it. Um, but I do have questions about how to manage and to use your word, navigate all of it well. Uh, and, and my hope is that the book gives you enough of my experience so that you can at least kick ideas around um, and maybe have, you know, something to bounce up against and say, well, this provokes me to think about this a certain way or that way. And this guy did it this way. I don't think I'd like to do it that way. I think something else makes sense. And it's, it, it, you know, I hope it has some value that way. And even for other people, maybe it's interesting just as a, as a moral inquiry about what being a human being and a partner um, with a spouse, what it means. Well, Dan, thank you so much for, for sharing your story. And, and yeah, I think that is really where the value is. You mentioned the 15 years you can't get back. Well, someone listening might be in year four right now, or someone listening might not be in it, but in a couple years they are. And there's a lot of pressure, you know, there's a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves, that society tells us how we should act. And in the end, there's different ways to navigate it, to continue with that term. And, you know, you, you can't go back and change what happened, but you can say to someone listening, hey, if you're in year four, you don't necessarily have to do what you're doing. Maybe choose life. And the best thing for you and your partner is not what you're currently doing. I think that's an important thing, whether it's a traumatic situation or if you're just in an unhealthy relationship and you're repeating the same negative cycles. And there's a lot that can weigh our decisions. If you have kids, you have a career, you're like, we have to make this work. And sometimes the right answer is is maybe to to let go of that situation and, and to navigate that in the best way possible is certainly tricky, but just bringing that to your awareness is important. So I think there's a lot of value in that, Dan, and I appreciate you coming on and sharing some of your story. Before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can learn more about your book, find it online, and if there's anything you want to leave them with, and then we'll say goodbye. Um, well, uh, your summary just now I thought was particularly good. I mean, I, I think um, figuring out, I, I, it, it's clear to me that this conversation and these concepts is just the beginning of the thought process for people who are listening to this or, or for people who uh, might have this come up at some point in their lives. It's just a really complicated and really interesting human problem. And I, I think... Um, I think you've done a very good job of of sort of asking questions and summarizing points to really really grab the the nub of it. I I think it, it you know I I think what you said is very on point. Um, with respect to where to find the book, Amazon is the easiest way to do it. Just go to you know Google the Thin Ledge. Uh, that's uh, T H I N L E D G E. 
I, I don't even think you need to put Shapiro into that, but if you put in the thin lead Shapiro in an Amazon search, you'll go right to the book. It's an Amazon bestseller. It's not hard to find. Um, I have a website, which is danielpshapiro.com, but I don't, there's no need to do that. Uh, there is a way to buy the book on the website, but you don't, the easiest thing to do is to go to Amazon. And, and I, I hope people do buy it um, because, and if there was a way to get it without buying it, that'd be even better because this isn't about the finances of it. But I do want the book to get traction. I would like people to read it because I do think one of the benefits of having gone through this grinder um, is that I can relate some things to other people and maybe it'll help. Well, I think that is an important thing that you're able to offer having gone through all that. And I do appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing and, and putting this book out there. So we'll have the links in the show notes to find your book and on our website at idopodcast.com. And thanks so much for coming on, Dan. Thank you so much. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, and while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, Challenge. We really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.